Hi, my name is Ben Armstrong. Hi, this is David Koch. My name is Thomas Maurer. Hi, I'm Donna Sarkari. Hi, my name is Lana Montgomery. Hi, I'm Seth Juarez. Hi, I'm Aaron Thomas. I'm Jess Dodson. Hi, I'm Rocky Heckman. Hi, I'm Sonia Cuff. Hi, I'm Troy Hunt. Hello, this is Wally Mead. My name is Reed Purvis. Hi, I'm Lars Kling. Hi, my name is Alan Birchall. Hi, I'm Adam Fowler. Hi, I'm Scott Guthrie, and you're listening to the Need to Know Podcast. All the latest Microsoft Cloud news, as well as industry guest deep dive conversations. It's a Need to Know Podcast. All thanks to the CIA Ops patron community. The Need to Know Podcast. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook, N2K Podcast, and online at ciaops.podbean.com. Welcome along to the Need to Know Podcast. My name is Robert Crane, and you join me for episode 306. We're in July 2023. So if you do want to reach out to me, please feel free to do so at Director CIA on the Twitter, also Director at CIAOps.com dot com for email uh, don't forget to visit the youtube channel which is youtube.com forward slash at director cia um, i've also got a sh- team shared channel which you're welcome to join there's a little bit of setup involved uh, to make sure the securities are right typically on your site so i've got a blog post there called join my shared channel i'll put the link in the show notes so if you do want to join up and share some information and be part of a community there no cost uh, just follow those steps and let me know when you're ready to go uh, don't forget the CIOPS merch store, plenty of great uh, statements there that can be made at your favourite conference. And of course, all of this material is supported by the CIAOPS patron community at CIOPSpatron.com. You can sign up to a number of different levels of subscription and get access to daily resources about the Microsoft Cloud. So as always, there is some uh, news here from uh, Microsoft. And the big news probably at the moment dominating and keeping most of the stories probably at bay for a little while is Microsoft Inspire. So this is its worldwide partner conference. Interestingly, they've gone for a completely um, online event rather than the face-to-face stuff. So um, we thought it would have been, again, a uh, face-to-face event in Vegas typically, but no, it's going to be online. You can go and visit inspire.microsoft.com. And as of this recording, it will be held next week. I would encourage anybody out there who's interested in the Microsoft sphere to make sure that you do have a look at this. If you're a Microsoft partner, I think it's pretty important that you are across these sort of topics. The good thing about virtual is you can set your agenda, you can tag what you want to see, and then you can work through that at your own pace. You don't have to watch it live. You can watch it at double speed and go over it You know, a few months after the event. So I think it's really good to get you up to speed. Now, the expectation here is I think Microsoft will be announcing a, a range of new options uh, and products because Inspire sort of is the last major conference from Microsoft till um, Ignite, which will be, I think, in the November timeframe at this stage. So there's a big gap until the next major conference. So I've got a feeling that there will be some announcements, but wait and see. No word as yet, but that's why I certainly would uh, tune into that. So when it does break, uh, any of that new information, I will make sure that I share it with you uh, in the blog and also uh, in the podcast. So watch out for that. Coming in updating in upcoming weeks. Now, the other thing that Microsoft um, is touting, it uh, is telling us that Microsoft Defender for Endpoint uh, is ranked number one in market share uh, by IDC. So again, part of this obviously is a lot of people are buying Microsoft licensing that includes Defender. It doesn't sort of indicate whether all the features are on or whether they've been turned on, but it is an interesting study to sort of indicate how Microsoft has moved from probably not a very major player in this market to 
you know, from this report anyway, one that certainly is dominating the market. So again, I'll put the link in the show notes. You can go and have a look at it, have a read about it, uh, understand it. Always good to share that with other people who may question whether the size of Microsoft's commitment to its uh, endpoint, uh, Defender for Endpoint product. So again, make sure that's in the show notes. Go in, have a look at that. Now, another really handy option that I found that is in preview is the ability to run a remediation script on demand. Now, you would run this typically from Intune. So if you go into Intune, you go into the device, so pick a device in Intune, Windows device, and you'll see the ellipse. There's ellipse across the top with uh, the menu options. Pull that down, and one of the options there will be run a remediation script on demand. And I'll put a link in the show notes to go and show you how to set that up and uh, run that. But that, for example, would mean, let's say, that there's a compromise or there's maybe something that you want to force an update immediately on workstations, then you can go in and run this remediation script on demand. So rather than waiting for it to be a scheduled process, this is going to allow you to run it, you know, basically uh, almost immediately. So again, really handy little option. Uh, Again, indicates Microsoft's um, focus now on the endpoints, being able to uh, manage all of these right down to the ability to run an on-demand script there. So again, link will be in the show notes. Go and have a look at that. If you do need to run something on-demand on uh, Windows endpoints, uh, it's a really great uh, little option there. Now, another one from the Exchange Online team around the updated requirements for SMTP relay through Exchange Online. So some people use this typically to relay things like, um, you know, the uh, multifunction printers or, you know, scanners inside an office, relay that through Exchange Online. Some of those devices don't have the necessary protocols or advancements in email uh, handshaking. So again, they relay it through Exchange Online to provide that capability. So uh, Microsoft has got some uh, guidance here on how to set it up, what needs to be taken, uh, how to secure that to make sure uh, that works. They're also uh, letting us know there are new requirements from November 1, uh, 2023. So make sure if you are using uh, exchange online and you are relaying stuff typically through you know dumb devices like multifunction printers and so on uh, that you do go in and read this article and you know, heed what it says to update your environment so that you can continue to you know, receive uh, those emails from those t- sources so another really nice uh, summary that microsoft puts out regularly is the microsoft 365 defender monthly news this is a great little summary of everything that's been updated and training and whatever that's available for defender so one of the things in here um, that i certainly watch regularly and recommend people do the same is the virtual ninja training um, they've run a number of seasons around that but in this newsletter you'll also find stuff about defender for endpoint defender for cloud apps defender for identity iot um, you know defender for business all of that sort of stuff uh, is in there all the blogs are brought together you know in a single place so it makes it a really easy way to keep up to date and be across you know everything that you need to know when it comes to defender so watch out for that to turn up every month and again a link will be in the show notes so you can go in uh, and have a look at that uh, yourself now another one here is microsoft enter new features and change announcements so uh, one of the things that always stays the same is the fact that 
a lot of stuff in Microsoft land is changing, updating, improving, uh, and whatnot. So this is, again, a nice summary overview of what Entra. So Entra is Microsoft's uh, umbrella term now for its identity management solutions. I think Azure AD, protected identities, those sort of things are now covered under the Entra banner. So not so much about the name Entra, but again, go in here, look at the features, look at the uh, new feature releases. So some of these, you know, basically include Microsoft Enterprise SSO for Apple devices, conditional access, granular control for external users. So again, lots of good little things in there to go and have a look at. And again, keep up to date with, you know, the enhancements and the changes that Microsoft is making to, you know, a very, very important product in the Microsoft stack being the way that it manages, handles and uh, secures uh, identities. Now, as I said, there's not a huge amount of uh, Microsoft news out there. I think they're saving it up, obviously, for the Inspire conference uh, in a week's time. So uh, there is other stuff out there, but that's the major ones that I brought you, and the links will be in the show notes. Now, what I thought I'd cover off um, in this episode quickly for you is just some of the capabilities in Microsoft 365 that I don't see being used by majority of people and I think provide real benefits. So all of these I certainly use every single day myself and recommend them uh, to people. So I would suggest if you're not using these, um, there is great productivity benefits to be had um, as an administrator and as a user of looking at these in a bit more details. So the first one and always the most primary one is around search. So when you go into most Microsoft products these days, there's a banner across the top that allows you to search the material. So if you go into the front page, you know, portal.office.com, there'll be a search uh, you know, area up the top. You go into OneDrive, there'll be a search. Go into SharePoint, there'll be a search. Go into Teams, there'll be a search. And I don't find a lot of people actually using this and also not understanding or uh, you know, learning the syntax of how to use search correctly. And this applies to you know, internet search engines as well. And as I said, you know, um, people come to me and say, I can't find anything I'm looking for on the internet. And that's not quite true. The reality is, is you can find everything on the internet, but you find it all at once. So learning the way to optimize your search by using operators like plus, minus, and, or uh, inverted commas, those sort of things can really improve and help you get down to the items that you are looking for. So if you haven't looked at you know, the technical uh, specs on how to get the most out of search, what it does in the Microsoft 365 environment, I certainly would encourage you to do that. If you aren't using search regu regularly, then I'd make sure that you are and you make sure users in your organization know how to use it to get the most from it. Remember that effectively everything that you put into Microsoft 365 uh, will be made available to you by search. Now you can search that also uh, typically on Windows devices that are Azure AD joined. So when you use search on the desktop, if these machines are Azure AD joined, then that search that you do on the desktop will be extended into Microsoft 365. So if you're looking for a document that may not be on your device, if you do a search, it will generally search across Microsoft 365 and give you the results straight from your desktop. So this concept of an integrated search capability is really powerful because most people spend most of their day looking for information and they do it now using search engines on the internet and it's very interesting that to me that there's this disconnection they don't use that which they use every day externally internally but it is there microsoft 365 does play uh, that capability now you can go in as administrator and you can customize search you can 
connect back to on-prem file shares. You can you know, search external sources as well. All of that is a configuration setting basically in the admin portal. So um, I think one of the superpowers that the internet has given us is this ability to search across huge volumes of information. However, we also need to know how to use that tool effectively to get the most out of it. So that means learning the syntax and you know putting the right things in, otherwise you know, garbage in, garbage out sort of concept. So if you haven't invested some time in looking what search can provide in Microsoft 365, I would certainly have a look at doing that. The other thing to remember is, is that a lot of the Microsoft technologies are now surfacing uh, information which they think is relevant to you based on your activities. So if you go into the front page of portal.microsoft.com or portal.office.com, you'll see these are you know documents that you've been working on regularly or Microsoft thinks are of value to you. So it's using the AI to try and surface that um, as well. We see that on mobile apps uh, as well. So go in, have a look at it, really make use of search. It saves me hours and hours and hours looking for invoices or quotes or where I've mentioned this. And remember, we can search across our emails, our files, our chats, our conversations. So again, really, really powerful. And I just don't see it used enough uh, in the context of business information. Now, speaking of that, another item here, which again is very surprising to me that a lot of people haven't looked in, looked at much is Delve. So Delve is part of Microsoft 365, its own dedicated app. It is basically uh, found you know, from the front page. Uh, you can go in there and run Delve. There's no setup, there's no real admin to be done. So think of Delve as the internal search engine across all the data in your organization. Now, of course, in here it can be customized. So when you open Delve, you may not see, you know, uh, photos of staff and you know, all those sort of things. But if you go into, you know, the me option in Delve, you'll see that you have your own uh, personal information, which you can update. So think of that like a LinkedIn information that can be shared with others inside the organization. You can also set up a, a corporate tree there. You can look at you know documents which you've worked on recently and you can go in there when you look at it in more detail you can look at documents and attachments or both you can filter down as i just want to look at uh, things like word documents excel documents to find that information you click on the results that uh, Delve has provided to you based on your usage will take you straight to that document. You can favorite or you know bookmark uh, documents you work on regularly so they always appear in the list. And you can also go in there and look across other people that you work with. So Delve uses what's called the graph here to look at the interactions you have with other staff members and will make information available to you in the Delve interface that others may be working on that you may not have seen or are relevant to you. Now, this doesn't magically make hidden or confidential information available. It works on the same permissions that are put into SharePoint or put into OneDrive for Business. So it's not doing anything nefarious. It's just using the permissions that have been set up to surface relevant information more easily for users. Now, again, what we find is most users only work on a handful of documents at a time. So the ability to use this as a summary, a quick way to get into that information is going to save you a hell of a lot of time uh, and effort. So if you haven't looked at Delve, just go into uh, the app launch in the top left-hand corner, there, the nine dots, and select Delve. Remember, there's nothing to configure. There's no um, issues of getting it started. Anybody can do it. Now, you can turn it off, but I certainly encourage people to use it, take advantage of it, because it's going to give you that leverage across all your information. And you know, it's still going to be security trimmed, 
which means it's going to obey any of the permissions that you've uh, set in place. And again, there are a lot of there's a lot of power in here to find information quickly and easily, rather than constantly uh, digging through that. And it's also good in uh, larger organisations to help employees learn about each other. So, you know, I always encourage people to put their photo in there, to put their profile, their skill set, so that can be searched and used by uh, other members of staff uh, when required. So again, go in, have a look at Delve and, you know, start using it. Remember, really simple, really easy, nothing to do. Just start using, have a play with it. But remember, it's not mysteriously or nefariously surfacing information that you don't have access to. It uses the permissions that are already in place uh, basically for the tenant. Now the third one here that I have is that most people have access to OneDrive for Business which is largely where they're storing information, personal information. Now if you have the OneDrive for Business app on your mobile device, iOS or Android, you'll find that you can also use that mobile app to scan basically any sort of information. So I think like business card, documents, uh, any of receipts, any of that sort of stuff. So all you've got to do is open the app, push the camera button, and then you'll be given the option to you know take a video, documents. Now when you do that, not only will it scan it, we'll, we'll basically um, you know, right size it, it will also present it in the best option using AI. And then you can upload it from there directly into your OneDrive for Business, into SharePoint, into any shared folder that you have access to in your tenant. Now, personally, you know, I use this all the time to capture receipts when I'm traveling. So you get a receipt and you can take an immediate PDF of it, upload it, and remember that typically when you PDF it, it's going to be searchable. So I can go back and find that receipt quickly and easily by the information index, thanks to you know the one drive for business app. Taking a photo, OCRing it, putting it into uh, the Microsoft 365 environment where it's going to be indexed and available to me to do a search. So a big commitment I've had in recent years is to go as paperless as possible. That means any paper that comes in uh, to me, whether it's personal, whether it's business, I basically take a photo of it, letters, you know, statements, all of that uh, get taken and they get uploaded and then I put them in the appropriate uh, location and I've always got a copy of them and I can search for them quickly and easily. So I cannot speak highly enough of this is one of the real hidden features. Now in that app, the OneDrive for Business app, the ability to scan, you can do, like I said, business cards, whiteboards, uh, documents, anything basically can be done. So digitizing it, putting it in you know, a location like Microsoft 365 is going to keep it secure, make it shareable and allow it to be indexed and searchable. So really, really call that out. If you haven't got the OneDrive for Business app on your mobile device, go out and put that on. No cost to do that. Connect it up with your Microsoft 365 um, account and you know, get all the content and go, I suppose, more paperless than probably you are today. Now, the next one is an app called Bookings. Now, Bookings effectively allows you to make public your personal calendar and then allow others to book meetings or book appointments with you using that. So the way I use that is if someone wants to have a meeting or someone wants to you know, talk to me on Teams or something or find when there's time available in the calendar, I will go and send them 
the link, the public link, so they can go into bookings. And you'll see when you set up bookings, you've got the option to, you know, charge potentially for time or give it away for free. You can set certain periods. You can do it across team members. Um, it really is super flexible. And for making bookings and appointments, uh, it's really simple, really easy to use. And also don't forget that you have the ability uh, to have a mobile app for bookings as well. So this can manage it. And if you want to use it as a front a front end on to scheduling for your business, you know, charging rates or booking appointments with customers, you can do that as well. But I, again, I don't see a lot of people who really appreciate that bookings is included and bookings provides this capability is free, help you manage your time and you know, give people a simple, quick, easy link to make an appointment with you. So a lot of work's been done on bookings. You can customize the look and the feel. You can you know, customize it and brand it to your own uh, business and make it more professional. But if you haven't looked at bookings and you want to control uh, people making appointments with you, particularly outside the organization, then go in and have a look at uh, what bookings provides. Now, another one that Microsoft um, provides is a service, or and this has been around for uh, quite a number of years. It's called Find Time. So the scenario here is, is I'm sure everybody has had the experience where they um, have multiple people who need to work out a common scheduled time for a meeting or a discussion or whatever, and being trying to, to, to do that, you know, oh, is five o'clock available? What about Wednesday the thirty? Uh, Wednesday the second? What about this? What about that? And you end up bouncing emails, you know, around, you know, so many times. So uh, Microsoft has a service called Find Time. So if you go to findtime.microsoft.com, log in with your Microsoft 365 account, you'll be taken to a page where you can go in and basically run a poll to create a schedule um, that suits everybody. So you go in and largely you nominate which times you're free. So I'm free, you know, tomorrow between two and three, then on a Thursday between 10 and 11, you put all those down. You send that out to people, they then vote. And when there's consistency across everybody, then uh, all those people will receive an automatic you know, meeting booking in their uh, calendar. It works with people outside Microsoft 365 and Gmail and so on. Uh, so it can do uh, all of that uh, for you as well. So go in, have a look uh, around findtime.microsoft.com. Typically, it's an add-in which you put in Outlook and then you do all the bookings uh, of that through uh, Outlook. So if you go into your Outlook and search for Office add-ins in there, look for the Find Time uh, add-in and that will allow you access, easy access in your Outlook to go and schedule across multiple people. I find it's an absolute time um, godsend because again typically multiple people trying to find a common time uh, you just end up bouncing emails all over the place and find time allows you to schedule reschedule do all that uh, super quickly and super easily so if you haven't looked at it findtime.microsoft.com now the next one is the azure portal probably more for admins now if you have a microsoft 365 uh, account you can log in with that and then go to uh, portal.azure.com and that's going to give you a bit of the behind the scenes admin style capabilities because behind every Microsoft 365 tenant is an Azure portal, largely managing Azure AD identity. But there are a number of services that are included for free that people don't take advantage of that they can get access to. So you can look at the Azure AD logs, uh, you can look at all the users, you can manage their licenses, all of that stuff you can do uh, in the Azure portal. 
Now, of course, you can extend that capability by adding an Azure subscription into that and start consuming paid services. The ones I'd consider that are probably a good starting point are things like DNS. So you can put your DNS records inside um, Azure. That's gonna give you a couple of advantages. You can apply or implement those using scripting, things like PowerShell. They're also then protected using multi-factor authentication and they're part of the same tenant. So many times the DNS records live in some third party in some portal which may not have two, uh, MFA on it. This way I can bundle all of that capability together, put it inside the tenant so you know Azure controls, manages and secures you know things like the DNS record, make it easy to change, update. The other thing, the thing like DNS will give you in Azure is the ability to do reporting, so you can see spikes and how many people are hitting the sites and all that. So, but if you haven't gone into portal.azure.com, go in there, have a look. You can access a significant range of free sources that are available to you, and really, especially on the admin side, get some really great information. It is more granular. It, it's not as uh, GUI. Uh, I suppose simplified as the admin portal in Microsoft 365, but if you do want that granularity, start with what you get for free and then you can add a subscription in Azure. And remember with Azure, you only pay for what you use. So if you put a subscription in and you don't use it for the first month, it's not gonna cost you anything because there's no, be no charges, be no usage. So again, there's nothing holding people back from putting it in and then just using what they need. That's all they'll be billed for. So that's super easy, super simple to go and configure and set up if you haven't gone in there, portal.azure.com. Now the last one before I round off is whiteboard, right? So whiteboard as it sounds, allows you to have a digital whiteboard. Now I love to be able to, you know, write things down, brainstorm, you can, you know, use sticky notes, you can import uh, graphics, backgrounds, draw on them, different pens, basically everything you can do with a whiteboard, a physical whiteboard and more. So I really love this, use it all the time and have it on my devices. So when I do presentations, when I do, uh, you know, training and that, I typically use whiteboard because afterwards people come and they say, oh, you know, um, I want a copy of what was on the whiteboard or they rush up and they take a photo and it's never quite, uh, you know, the easily read. So again, making it digital will make it obviously easy to share, potentially searchable uh, as well and puts all that information that you've probably been brainstorming in one location. So whiteboards come a long way. They've added a lot of templates, a lot of capabilities uh, in there. So it's included for free uh, in all of the Microsoft 365 tenants. Uh, and if you are a bit of a visual person, then I would suggest it's a really handy tool. And I really like the fact that it's digital and it's gonna keep improving. Um, and there are some large uh, screens, touch screens now that you can actually use, you know, obviously to pen and, and will work in a boardroom as well. So, and again, I'd a simple app it would seem, but it really can lift your productivity, especially when you're working with multiple people. Even remote teams, you'll see this capability to integrate with whiteboard. So. Again, you can use Whiteboard on the web, you can use it as a mobile app, you can download it um, and use it standalone on mobile devices on Windows 10. So again, really, really fantastic tool that I use all the time and I don't see a lot of other people uh, actually using it. So it is available, you can start using it and certainly would encourage people to have a look at it. More and more, the we're seeing that you know the computer side, the input side is moving 
to um, you know drawing input, hand input, as well as type. So uh, if you want that capability, but I just like the fact that it's automatically backed up. It's much easier to manage, zoom in, zoom out, and you get an, an infinite canvas. So if I do something on a manual whiteboard, sooner or later I run out of space. I wish I could move this over here and give me more space over here. Again, with the digital whiteboard, you can do all that. So fantastic option if you haven't gone in and had a look at it. So with that, there hopefully is some takeaways for you, some of the apps you haven't looked at. So again, in summary, uh, go and have a look at Search, Delve, the scanner that's in, uh, included in OneDrive for Business, Bookings, Find Time, the Azure portal, and Whiteboard. I'll put links up to these sort of things for you to go in and have a look uh, at as well. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode. Remember, you can reach out to me uh, via email, director at ciaops.com. If you've got any comments, thoughts, or suggestions for guests or topics you'd like to see covered, and again, watch out for Microsoft Inspire coming uh, in the next few weeks, and hopefully the next episode will be able to give you a whole range of updates that have occurred at that conference. But until then, once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Need to Know podcast. You have been listening to the Need to Know podcast from CIA Ops. For training on using technologies like SharePoint Online or Microsoft 365, visit www.ciaopsacademy.com. By purchasing from the selections available, you'll be directly supporting this podcast. To provide feedback on this episode, visit www.ciaops.com contact.